People are constantly, through the years, coming to me and asking me, do you think these are the last days? Am I, am I loud enough? Do you think these are the last days? Do you think this is the tribulation period's close? Now, whether you believe you're going to go into the tribulation and live through it or die in it, or whether you believe you're going to be raptured before it, I don't care what you believe about that. I believe we're going to be raptured before it. I have strong belief system. I have strong reasons why I believe that. Not just because I like it, but because I think it has the most credibility in the Bible. You can, you can agree or disagree with me on that. Uh, because really, uh, when Jesus comes, may, it should make not a whole lot of difference to you and me. Because, uh, and I want to talk to you about that this morning. People, if, if, if the title of the sermon is, if you knew the dates of the tribulation period, if you knew the date the tribulation period was going to start, would it make any difference in your life? Would it make any difference? Think about it. People come to me and say, Preacher, I think I got to figure it out. I think I know what's going on. I think these are the days of Noah. I see things like Simon and Gomorrah happening. Well, we do. There's some of that. So when is, it, when is the tribulation going to start? Are these the last days? How close do you believe or the rapture is? Are, are these the days of Noah? Because Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. I've, I mentioned this before. In 1988, I was around in 88. In 1988, I was here, assistant pastor. And uh, in 1988, we had a group of about 100 folks, maybe a little less, about 80 folks. probably. And uh, the book came out in Christianity titled 88 Reasons. The rapture will happen in 1988. Obviously, the book came out at the beginning of the year so that they could sell some copies. It sold like hotcakes. People went out and bought that thing. 88, now look, five reasons for something's a lot, 10 reasons for something's unbelievable, 88 reasons, preacher. Come on, give me a break. 88 reasons. 88 reasons, it's got to be so. Or does it? Well, in 1988, Things were, I don't remember what 1988 was like. It all was beginning to blend together. But uh, I know some people that began to sell their businesses off because they read that book. They began to get baptized. They came and asked to be baptized. They had not been baptized before, been saved, but hadn't been baptized, been putting it off for whatever reason. But they said, because uh, we believe this is the year of the rapture, I want to get baptized before Jesus comes. Not a bad idea, by the way. Um. They began, some folks began to be more faithful to church. They began to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, Sunday school. Man, God forbid. They began, to, they began to put some of their self aside and began to put God first in their life in lots of ways because they felt like, well, man, this is the year. 1988 is the year. Some of these folks, by testimony to me, quit smoking, quit doing some things they felt God was against, was hurting their body. Quit, you know, drinking. They quit going to watching things they shouldn't be watching. They quit some, let's just say it generally, they, quit, they stopped some sins in their life that the Holy Spirit had been talking to them about. The preacher had been talking to them about. The Bible had been talking to them about. But they were kind of, you know, I don't know, you know, someday. But when they read that book, they said, man, you know, I'm quitting that stuff. I'm getting that out of my life. They got real more serious about it. They began to give money. To the church, begin to give money benevolently. Begin to uh, one guy sold his business, wanted to give all the money to the church. By the way, just so you know, I'm not greedy. I talked him out of that. I said, "Do not do that." 
I have people come to me and say, Preacher, I want to I will uh, all my money to the church. I talk them out of it. I'm saying the Bible says a righteous man layeth up for his children's children. I said your wealth and majority has got to go to your children and your children's children. Well, I don't like my children. Well, go to your children's children's children. Maybe they'll be good. Some began to give money to missions and began to tithe and began to look at their finances and say, well, I haven't tithed in a long time. I'll make up for lost ground. All kinds of crazy things happen. Now, obviously, what year are we in? 2018? It didn't happen. The book was wrong. I'm going to give you 88 reasons why that book was wrong. <laughs> it was wrong since 1974. And I was around in 74, and I was around in 51. I was uh, conscious in 56. But in 1974, I heard a well-known well evangelist begin to predict when the rapture of the church was going to happen, the beginning of the tribulation period, because they're connected together. And some of these so-called Bible scholars began to speak of the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, some of the, here's, I'm going to share with you this morning some of the dates that I heard that Jesus was going to come. Now, I heard these dates, and you heard them too, preacher. You heard them too, Brother Crab. I don't know if you were around, I cared about it, but you older guys heard all these. And, and these guys were pretty convincing. Man, so I sat and listened 45 minutes to some of these guys lay a case out. And I mean, it was like watertight case, so it seemed. 1974, Lord was going to come back, rapture. I was for it. I voted for it. 19, well, that, would, that didn't work out. So they, they said, well, you know, I didn't figure into this, and I, I think I didn't know I didn't figure into this. So 1980, 80 was going to be. I voted for it. Didn't happen. They said, no, 80. No, you know, there's other things. It was 84. Then from 80, and then 88. Of course, 88 reasons for 88. That didn't happen. Then they moved down the road away. There was a, it was a big deal. I, I watched a, a, at least 35, 40-minute uh, message on why it would be in 2012. You remember the Y2K? Remember 2000 Y2K? Remember how that was a big deal? The whole world's going to shut down. All the computers going to shut down in Y2K. I went and bought toilet paper. I had toilet paper everywhere at my house. I had stacks of toilet paper and paper towels because I figured the women would pay big money for that. You keep your cash. And... Uh, one of the guys who said this, I'm going to name him, was Jack Van Impey. He was some of the worst predictor I ever saw. He'd predict this thing, write books about it, sell books about it, preach sermons about it, had mathemat mathematical formulas why it was going to be to reach his conclusions. All so convincing. But what's the date today? But it was wrong, wasn't it? Matthew chapter 25, verse 13 it says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. The hour is not 60 minutes necessarily. It's a period of time within the context. When Jesus uh, told his mother at the miracle of the water, uh, turn the water to wine, my hour is not yet come. It was not 60 minutes he was talking about, his, his moment for being in the world, his purpose, his time. Of course, that time, as you know, was to be given 
up for our sins to be crucified on a cross and resurrected. That was his hour. That was his hour. And and uh, when he was in the Garden of Eden, just before that hour began, his purpose began to give himself. Notice the trauma he was going through as his hour had come. He says, well, you're not going to know the day nor the hour of the coming of the Son of Man. But let me ask you a question. Let me go on the other side of that. What if you did know the day and the hour of Jesus coming this morning? What would it change in your life? What would it change in your life? What would your, would your behavior change? I'm talking about if you knew the day and the hour. God revealed it to you. You knew it. You said, Bill, I, this is it. I know the day and the hour. And let's say it was six months from now, or maybe a year from now, or maybe even if you knew it was five years from now. Would, would your benevolence change? Would your attitude change about life and the things of God? Would you become a bolder witness? Whereas maybe now you back off on talking about Jesus in certain environments, would you become super bold? Married people, husbands, would you be a better husband if you knew you only had to spend another year with her? I thought I'd just throw that out. No reserve was an end. Wives, would you be a better wife? Maybe now you're domineering and oppressive of your poor husband and trying to, trying to uh, your house is upside down. Uh, would, would you, if you found Jesus was coming in a year, whoo, would you become Miss Humble's submissive wife? Let me ask you this. If you knew Jesus was coming the day or the hour, would you get right with your estranged relatives? Oh, that's good. I talk to enough people to tell you there's almost nobody that's not estranged from somebody. Often, for some reason, it has to do with your relatives. Oh, because they asked to borrow money, or they did borrow money and never paid you back, and they bought a new car. Or they took a vacation, and they owed you money, and they took a vacation on your money. Or they took advantage of you because they were related to you in some way, shape, or form. And what happens from that is estrangement. Now, if you knew Jesus was coming, let's say at the end of this year, that's not very far away, six months. At the end of this year, you knew Jesus was coming. You knew the day and the hour he was coming. Would you get right with your estranged relatives and say, hey, look, that's just water under the bridge. You didn't pay me back. You're a crook, but I forgive you. I mean, you had to get a little dig in there while you were forgiving them. I know you're no good. Would you... Here's a good one. Would you start reading the Bible? Oh, oh, preacher, I can't read the Bible. Boy, Jesus coming back by, by December 23rd, my birthday. And would you come back? Oh, I got to read the book, man. Ooh, 
we have in our uh, we have a time capsule in, in our building back there that has Bibles in it and various things. Because if you're at the rapture, you know people are going to start coming to these churches looking for answers. Maybe they'll find a Bible there. We got tracks and various information to help them. Uh, if they do it, I don't doubt they will. They're, all of a sudden, they're going to get serious about finding who God is. If you knew the day and the hour Jesus was coming back, would you walk over to your neighbors and seek to talk to them about Jesus? Would you change what you are doing now and the attitudes you have now? Would you if you knew? I want you to walk out of here and meditate about this. Because Jesus is coming at a moment that you do not know. And would it make any difference that you know or don't know? You know, your life here on earth is short at best, amen? Now, you people that are young think it's long, time drags out. I know, for, I know from the 15th year of life to the 16th year of life, it was 10 years long. I was going to get my driver's license at 16. And I had my motorcycle license at 15, and I drove a motorcycle all winter long in Elkhart, Indiana, and I was couldn't wait till I got 16 so I could get a car. And uh, that was a long, long year for me. But let me tell you, last year was short, and the year before that was short, and this six months of this year, I can't even believe it, uh, because the older you get, the shorter time gets. I don't know why, but it does. How many believe that? Raise your hand. If you don't believe all those people, that's 90% of the folks raise their hand in here, folks. Trust me, believe it. Um, you, you, you know, you know, you're going to stand accountable to God in the end, don't you? I mean, you know that. We've taught that. You've read the Bible enough. You know that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. You know that every man is going to stand accountable for these done in his body, whether it be good or bad. You know that. If you know much of the Bible, you already know that. But if I told you Jesus is coming December 23rd, would it change the way you know? That less than six, month, less than six months, you're going to stand before God. And you're going to give an account of the things you think and the things you do in this old world. Would it, make, would it make a change in you? Because you will soon stand accountable. Listen, listen to what Jesus, listen to what Jesus says to his disciples concerning this subject. John chapter 7 and verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Oh, I like that verse, don't you? What is Jesus telling you? You could meet him today. You could meet him before my voice goes to the back of the auditorium. The Bible says the rapture is imminent. It's taught as imminent at any moment. It's, it's taught as it's going to be faster than you can blink an eye, faster than the twinkling of an eye. So we know the rapture is taught about. We know there's going to be a rapture. Uh, and we know the Bible believer, uh, uh, born-again people are going to be tr uh, translated up. And 
changed and translated up to him. And we know it's going to be instantaneous. You're not going to have any forewarning. You're not going to have any time to change when it happens. It's just going to happen. Now, we know that. We also know that you're going to die. How many say amen to that? If not the rapture, and it doesn't come in my lifetime, I'm going to die. Okay? It's not an if you die. It's a when you die. So the only thing about dying in the whole thing of that is just a when problem, right? Not an if problem. It's not an if problem. Brother, brother, tomorrow, you're going to die. I hope I can do your funeral. That means I'm going to be alive. See? Uh, I'll say good things. Uh, won't make any difference, but I'll say good things. Uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a way, but people will try. If, if I told you, you were, if, if some, if I came to you and said, oh, like some of these TV folks, oh, I've got a word of knowledge. I just got this word of knowledge. If you give me a hundred bucks, I'll tell you what it is. I mean, I got a word of knowledge. I got, I, I just got this. Brother Barrows is going to die tomorrow. Would that change the way Barrows treated his wife today? I hope not. If I told Branson, Branson, God told me that you got one year to live. Or if Dr. Crabb told you that, either one. You got one year to live. Would it make any difference in the way you're living? Brother Gilbert. If God came to me and said, there's going to be an attempt to assault a church and a man's going to shoot you at the door and you're going to die, would it make any difference the way you're living now? Would it make any difference the way you're treating a little sweet Jayla? No matter what you do to Jayla, you're always going to be the bad guy. Because Jayla can do no wrong. We know that. Because she's a sweet Jayla. Now you know I'm being facetious. <clears throat> Your time is ready. My time is ready. I don't know when the tribulation is going to start. I don't know for sure if these are the days of Noah or they're going to get double worse. I know Rome was twice as bad as we are. I know the Greeks were twice as bad as we are right now. Uh, I, I, I know from history that this is not as bad as it can get. It's not as bad as it even has been. People will say, it's so bad, Jesus got to come back. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. First of all, you don't know the big picture. You don't know the heart of man. You and I, you cannot predict the time when Christ is going to come. And I will guarantee you, you cannot predict the time when he's going to come for you. Whether it be by the rapture or whether it be by death, you're not going to know. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe in the kindness of God, he's going to give you cancer. So well, you do have a little head up, heads up, right? I mean, cancer, you know, you may get a six month or a year, two year, three year heads up. That's good because that may. But by the grace of God, most of the people die as a surprise. Life is short. My mother had this in her Bible. Life is short, death is sure, sin the cause, Christ the cure. We're supposed to be ready all the time, every day, and live ready all the time, every day. 
And if you do anything less than that, you're a fool. You're playing Russian roulette. You're risking your eternal future and the eternal future, of, in some cases, of those around you. You biblically have been commanded, and I have biblically been warned and commanded to do right now. Because today is the day. Uh, now is the time of salvation. Uh, this morning, if you don't know Christ your Savior, wipe all those excuses away and trust Christ as your Savior and make peace with God through Jesus Christ and be reconciled to Him through His shed blood and allow Him to forgive you of all your sins by your simple childlike faith, repentance, and faith in Him. Oh, I'll do it later on. You cannot definitively tell me you have a later on. You may, but you can't tell me you do for sure. Right? I, my wife and I, I've told this, uh, I've told everything at least twice. But my wife and I were coming down Alico Road. And uh, Alico Road has real deep ditches, real deep ditches, and not much on the, off the side there. It's a place where dump trucks come for the rock mines. I like to take that as a shortcut. So we're in there. I'm in there. I'm going about 50 in this dump truck. Three of them, three of them, head to toe, you know, they're coming down toward And the middle truck, Pulls to just like he fell asleep, just pulls right in my lane. He's, it, the only time we had was my wife screamed. I thought that was it. I thought this is it. I got no time. There's no time. I just tried to get over a list on the side a little bit, but I thought this, I was kind of almost bracing for a second there for with the impact of a dump truck coming 50 my way, and I'm going 50 his way. The only salvation in the whole thing while I was in, I was in a pickup truck, not a little Toyota. You little Japanese lovers, they scrape you out of them things. If that bothers you, just wipe it from your mind. Just wipe it from your mind. Forgive the old preacher. How fast can it be? Boom. That fast. Brother, in Christ, I am doing you a favor this morning that rarely do you have done for you. As I'm bringing your mind on this area to meditate on it for a few minutes, that your mind will dwell on this topic for a few minutes, that your life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and is gone. God has given you this moment called life, and you have a free will. And you can choose good or evil. Good or evil. Once you die, the Bible's clear, it solidifies your choice. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Without Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you're going to face God and you're going to, be, you're going to fall short. And you'll have to answer for your own sin. The Bible says be cast into a place called the lake of fire. Oof. Nobody wants that. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that Jesus taught more about hell than he did in heaven. 
It's a place to avoid. It's a place he came to die for. Now, if you know Christ as your personal Savior already, and you, you've settled in your heart who he is, and you're trusting in him, but you're, but you're, you're, you're carelessly and casually living for God. You do not want to see him like that. Let me tell you, the salvation he, he has given for us demands our all. It's worthy of your all. It is. It's worthy that we give everything, and we're faithful, and we do right, and we, and we forgive everybody by the grace of God. And, and we do what the Bible commands us to do as much as we know how to do it, as much as we can do it. And we're, and we're, and we're faithful to the local church, which he has set over um, preachers and deacons and people that have had tested character and are trying to reach the world through missions program and reach the local neighborhood through outreaches and, and are united together both both in energy and finances and in every area, are trying to reach out before Jesus come to go in the world and preach a gospel to every creature. That's our mission. That's our prime directive. We're trying to do it with all these different kinds of ministries we're doing. It's important that you give everything you got for the kingdom of God while you have time to give. If I told you that Jesus was coming December 23rd, for you. Your life really shouldn't change. Your life should not change. If you're right with God this morning, you should not really be able to think of anything that would change. You're just going to keep on keeping on. Ooh. Ooh. You're going to stay doing what you're doing. You, you, I mean, Oh, I'm not saying there's nobody in this room that wouldn't, wouldn't it wouldn't motivate a little bit. I mean, you know that maybe you know when you walk by a waitress that you think you were going to see the next day, you say, "Hey, stop! Let me tell you about something." I'm not saying it wouldn't help you in that area, but he's already told you you have no idea when you're going to go. Live for me today. Your time is always ready. That's what he told his disciples. He knew his time. He knew what he was going to do, when he was going to do it, the hour he was going to do it. But you don't know your time, and I don't know my time. And God puts that in our, puts that on our plate so that we, we will be ready all the time. It's been said this way. Plan like you're going to live for 100 years. I think that's wise. But live like today's your last day. That makes sense? Plan. Go ahead, plan. There's nothing wrong with planning. But dear Christian, let's live every day like it's a gift from God. And I don't really, when the rapture happens, you know, as a preacher who has spent his life studying, one of my favorite topics is prophecy, eschatology. I've spent a lot of time in it, written papers, all kinds of papers about it. But you know what? It's not big with me. I'm good when whenever Jesus comes, he comes. I'm not curious if he's going to come in my lifetime or not. I know that someday he's coming for me. Pastor McKinney, 
I've heard preachers before him, three, four, five preachers before him that I was under their ministry would say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Guess what? For every one of them, Jesus came. They're all dead. They preached it. They got out and said, listen, people, be ready for Jesus is coming. You don't know your time. And their day came. And I can say with assurance this morning, your day is coming. I just don't know when. But I know pretty good that 100 years from now, none of you will be alive. If I was a wagering type of individual, a betting man, I would bet pretty much that out of this group of people, nobody, not even the wheelbarrows, is going to be here 100 years from now. Oh, I hear people, oh, I'm going to live to 100. They die. Hey, Doc, you ever known anybody lived to 100? Have you? What, on your one hand? About one hand, huh? Yeah. And most of the time at the end of that hundred, they're not doing too good. You know what I mean? They're in a nursing home or they can't walk or they're crippled up by arthritis, you know, or they're in pain every day. Do you really want to live that way? The point being, folks, if that's how brief our life is, shouldn't we be living it with some seriousness? The Bible says soberly, righteously in this present age. I think so. Let's do it. Father, help us. Help us, help us, help us. That this thought may be clear to me and to those around me. And Father, these people in the voice of the internet, wherever this may go, may folks make today the day, for that's all they have. May they turn and make things right. If you bring to mind, make something right, do something different that you would want us to do, let us do it now while we can. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.